following is Lisa Fast's talk, Twister Tools, Creative IA Applications for Online Research from the 2014 Information Architecture Summit. The 2014 IA Summit podcasts are brought to you by UIE's All You Can Learn. Stay tuned after the podcast for more information about All You Can Learn. So I'm Lisa Fast. I'm going to talk about online research. And don't worry, if you're a beginner, you're going to learn a little about online research. And you can get out your device now if you like. We're going to actually try a few things. And I'll feed you the link later. And if you're already an expert researcher, hopefully I'm going to give you a few ideas about how to twist some of these online tools and smoosh them together with other things so that you've got some new ideas. Okay? So I'm on Twitter at NeoInsight. I share that with my partners in the companies. Our name looks a little funny, Scott, Mike, Gord, Lisa, but it works for us. And you might wonder why I had a shovel in that first image, right? A shovel like we're in San Diego with palm trees, but this is what I just left. And I'm sure many of you have left that kind of place. And boy, it's been tough, right? This is just outside of Toronto at Christmas. We had to postpone Christmas because of the trees breaking all over the place. And this is my backyard this freaking weekend, right? For God's sake, it's March. Right? And we've still got a lot of snow. We've got this much snow. That's the table that by now I thought, you know, well, okay, not really in Ottawa, Canada. Do you really sit out there in March? But I thought I could maybe sit out there, you know, in a jacket. But no, we're not sitting out there. So this was Canada's slogan this winter. Now, I'm sure many of you from the US are going, no, we, we were winter. But yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. So that's just about me. I am from Canada. I do mostly work with government agencies and stuff. So a lot of the work that you're going to see here today is related to the kind of information architecture that you see in government, which tends to be sometimes a little overwhelming. And we're going to talk about online tools. Now, I do lots of research that is not online as well. Right? And Michael Edcock this morning was talking about having a toolkit, right? And so online tools are part of that toolkit. They're not the be all and end all. There's lots of things they can't do, but there's lots of great things they can do. And I love to combine them with other tools. And you're going to see a little bit of that. Because, of course, what we're after here is data, not opinion, right? Okay, so this is about giving you the possibility of countering the committee that's doing design, that's choosing the words, that loves the word tools as a menu, right? That loves utilities, right? All these ridiculously vague words that they say, well, they really work. Yeah, everything's a tool. Everything's a utility, you know? So this is about countering some of that. And online is easy to start with. You can start getting some data quickly, okay? And the other thing it allows you to do is triangulate. It gives you another source of data, right? So if in your usability tests, for example, you're seeing that people don't seem to be getting the difference between some of these items in the menu, for example, or they seem to think that this word means this, but hmm. You know, you can use this and supplement your research with online tools, for example. 
The other thing it allows you to do is iterate quickly, right? So this is real data here, and what you're seeing is a benchmark data point, and I love to have a benchmark, and so does the senior management, right? They wanna know you've made some progress. Always measure your benchmark where you're starting from, and that way you know too, right? Are you making progress, right? And what you see is there was a first revised information architecture, then there was another, and then there were live sessions, right? And we were using a variety of tools to do that. So online tools are great for doing that. And I'm gonna talk about three of them today. Um, and I'm gonna talk about mooshing them together and using them together. Um, and one of the ones I'm gonna talk about is TreeJack. Now, I know there are other tree testing tools out there. We just happen to use this one, so I'm really familiar with it. And I've found that the team at Optimal is pretty responsive to things that we need. Uh, so I like that. And we use all of the features, like we use Optimal Sort, we use TreeJack, we use Trockmark. You know, you've got that bag of tricks within that. So, and that's one of them. Now we also use SurveyMonkey, and you're gonna say, SurveyMonkey for a design? And you're gonna see an example of when TreeJack wasn't gonna work for me, I needed something else, and we use SurveyMonkey. And the other thing we use, in Canada we use fluid surveys. Because in Canada, we're not allowed, for example, if we're doing research for the government, we're not allowed to store that data in the US because you seem to have a few problems with security, right? In terms of, you know, just saying I did see Snowden on the news and, you know, so did the people in our government. And they're worried about things like that. And so they're asking us to keep our data in Canada and Fluid Surveys does that for us. Now that's another team. I, I love, you know, because we twist our online tools and kind of stretch them out and use them in unorthodox ways, it's just lovely to have a responsive product team. And we've found that Fluid's been pretty responsive too. So we love that about them. They listen to us, okay? So the problem we're gonna look at first is you've got a couple of sprints ahead. You know one of them's gonna involve live participants. And you need great participants for this particular set of research that you're gonna do, right? So in this particular study, we were helping not this client, but a set of clients actually move from a very traditional right menu design with one hell of a lot of links all over the place to a new design based on a new usability standard for the Government of Canada that had a very limited number of menus along the top, and those opened out. They were mega menus, right? So there was a lot of work to be done in addition to culling, right, all the crap out before you moved over. There was a lot of work to be done to be thinking about that information architecture behind this and to thinking about the navigation and just what were the top tasks people were doing. So in this study, this exact one, we did two TreeJack studies to start. And we start with TreeJack because we can learn a lot as we're doing this process with all the stakeholders, right? And again, here's where the data comes in to fight off the stakeholders are saying, I want my stuff, my stuff's the most important. Right, and you go, well, you know, as it turns out, it's not, right? And you know, a lot of people aren't doing that. So we started with a tree jack, and then another tree jack, and then we were working towards live usability tests. And our twist was that after they do the tree jack, 
right? We're gonna redirect them to an online survey that recruits them. And so this is interactive. So if you've never done a TreeJack test, get out your device. The Wi-Fi is PSAV events, an IA summit, and give it a try. I'm gonna keep walking through it, but it's bit.ly slash IA14 recruit. So good chance for those of you who've never done a TreeJack test to actually do one. And I'm gonna warn you that this is the benchmark that you're testing, okay? So it's not gonna be easy, because <laughs> you saw those success rates, they weren't stunning. And so give it a try, and I'll keep walking through it. So what you always see in TreeJack, and this is where the research skills come in, is designing the task at the top, right? So you'll see a task at the top. This one says you wanna fish when you visit your cottage in Manitoba. Find out if you need a fishing license, right? So you gotta go find the right place. You start the task, you see the long list of menu items. One of them is quick links. I love that, I love quick links, because it implies the rest of them are slow. And in this case, that's actually true, right? So they were very accurate, right? Good you know, use of language there. This is the quick way, because all the rest of the ways are really slow, okay? So as you click through things, so for example, the fishing, you might have gone, oh, I can't see the word fish anywhere except fisheries. So what the heck, I'll go for fisheries. You see re recreational fishing, you get down to fish licensing and you click the, I'd, I'd find it here. Okay, you catching up with me? Okay, and then just before you finish the tree jack, you hit a little announcement that says, after you continue, you're gonna be allowed, you're gonna be asked, invited, to participate in the usability recruit. And just first categorize yourself so we know that here and then if you click continue, you go to an actual recruit that's in a whole different survey. That's, this is in fluid surveys, okay? Because I don't want your data that's identifying you in the tree jack, right? That doesn't meet anybody's ethical standards, right? So it can't be in there. So it redirects you to a separate survey, asks you to recruit. Now this has been stunningly successful for us in terms of recruiting, just fabulous because we get really special people that are really hard to find some other way. Now the way you do this is in TreeJack, there's a post-survey redirect there, and you just put in the survey name, right, of your recruiting survey, right? And that's how you do it. Now, we did do it from TreeJack, from this study one, we used all those participants in study two, okay? And we got people who were interested, right? Again, this is government. I mean, you can't do this on an e-commerce site necessarily, right? You don't want to be interrupting your visitors too much. This is also a way to not interrupt too much. You're gonna combine the online study and the recruiting all in one, right? So you're not interrupting that person twice. Right? You turn it off, you're done. You're not having things repeatedly coming up. But the great thing we got out of this is we got people who were interested enough to go to the end of the tree jack, right? It sort of shows a level of commitment to being willing to participate. And we also got these amazing people like commercial fishermen, right? Pilots of boats, 
right? Those are wickedly hard people to recruit normally. And they signed up. They'd done the tree jack, they signed up. We called them, they participated. Fabulous, right? So now, at least in the government of Canada, we wrote an article about this, we shared it with people, and pretty well everyone who runs an online study recruits afterwards. Because you can stash those names and use them anytime, right? You don't have to use them right away. You've let them know in the recruit what you're gonna be doing, okay? Anyway, so that's that kind of twist and smooshing things together. The next one, very IA kind of topic here. Are users choosing the best set of facets for a service? Now this service looks like this. It's find permits and licenses for topics. And you can see that there's headings and then there's facets below. And those facets are based on where you've said you are and what job type you are in, what kind of business you're running. And for this, you can select multiple facets. Right, so right away, TreeJack doesn't let you do that. Right, one selection per task for TreeJack. So, okay, next tool. So we decided, okay, let's use an online survey. And we said, uh-oh, <laughs> the facets are grouped under headings. SurveyMonkey at the time, and Fluid, didn't allow you to put headings in the middle of your checkboxes in a question. So we made all of those headings into questions that fit together on one page. So we kind of took that tree jack model of like, okay, there's a task at the top and all the stuff is below. The participants couldn't tell those were different questions. Who cares, right? So we just combined them all, made them into a page that looked like this. So task at the top and the headings. The headings are really important for this. Right? Because there's so many things. People need those headings to decide what's kind of the heading that I want to go for. Now, this is the original set. You can see that there's a heck of a lot of facets under the services one, and you're going to see the implications of that. Okay? So then we did some Excel magic to smush all the answers for those questions together because there was really only two answers that were the best set. This is what we were hoping people would do, right? We hope that for this very, very top task, like opening a restaurant, do you know how many restaurants open every freaking day? Wow, a lot, right? And we wanted people to pick these two things. They didn't do so well, right? So you can probably tell the red is bad, the green is good, right? So they chose a lot of things that we didn't really want them to choose. And they didn't choose necessarily. So there were too many selections. They didn't really choose the one we really wanted them to pick, the registering one. So there were not enough selections that more of them clicked this. Now look at the name of that sucker. Registering or changing a business, business name or legal status. Ouch, that was intimidating. Right? And clearly it wasn't succeeding. So there's a lot of art and learning to understand about how to interpret this data, but that's pretty easy, right? You can look at that and go, hmm, that's not good. So here's the new name for that item, registering your business. And that's the kind of thing that's not that easy for government people to make that kind of change without the data behind it. Right? So the other thing that we saw 
was that there was this section of distractors. And that's those services ones, right? See the whole bunch that say services in front of them? They're not supposed to have chosen any of those. So we moved those, right? The services went down. The selling and serving went up in the list. And the services were also broken down. Now, I ask you to look at that, though. There's still a few bugs in the system, right? You see the very bottom one? This drives me crazy, right? We just tested this, right? Last week, again, mining and quarrying. Oh, a lot of restaurants do mining and quarrying. So there's still some bugs in this system, and we're working with that team to try and get that solved to get those out of there. Okay, here's our next problem. Are users choosing the best facet, the single best facet? So they can choose multiple facets, but we want them to choose the one best one. And why do we want them to do that? Because over the years, the success rates were going down as the number of facets were going up, all right? common problem. You do your first round of testing back in 2010, we were going, ooh, look at our success rates, we're so fabulous. And then more and more services were getting added in, and so the IA, who's fabulous, was tagging like mad and adding more facets to try and accommodate all this. And we keep testing, that's a wonderful program, like when you can keep testing instead of resting on their laurels, and the success rate's going down, right? And that's not surprising, because look at how long that list is. The human brain sucks at scanning a list that long, right? Absolutely sucks, right? So they're looking at, now they really need those headings, right, clearly, but there's too many facets. So this fantastic IA went back to the drawing board, and we helped her out. When, after she went back to the drawing board, we ran a tree jack. And here we're just testing the headings at the top level, right? So the top level, this isn't really the way the site works, right? You can see the headings and the things below it at the same time. But we knew that people were using those headings. And the headings were a way to help both the end user and the clients, because that's what information architecture does, get their heads around what's in there. So we did actually use the headings. At the next level down, though, you could see more things, and those were accurate, and people ran that test. And here's one of those ones, not such a happy story, right? Look at the benchmark and the first revision. Oh, the IA was just like banging her head. Like, this was bad news. Now, luckily, we hadn't invested that much. We'd just run an online study. It hadn't cost us that much. Because we'd already decided we're going to run the online and then we're going to do live testing later. So we tried a second revision. And again, by now we're kind of going, hmm, this is pretty tough. Let's just run it with a smaller group, <laughs> right? And you can see that we still had not hit the target there. Revision two. Look at that success rate, a whole stunning like 30-something percent. No significant difference between the first two, right? So back to the drawing board, six months later, took six months. It really had to get thrown back into the washer and like round and round and overhaul three. We just tested this recently and we hit the target. 
Now, targets on TreeJack look a little lower than live usability testing because it's very tough, right? I see the nodding, right? You cannot expect your scores on TreeJack to be what you're going to see for live testing, right? They just are not getting all the feedback that they would normally get. It's very pure, it's very rigorous, but you do have to kind of warn people about the results that way. Okay? All right, here's another really, really different twist. This one, we were asked to test a phone menu by a government department. We're working on their website with them, and they say, you know, we're working on the interactive voice response system for the phone, the press one, press two, press three thing, and we'd like you to help us with that. I'm going, oh, really? Like, luckily, I did actually used to work on designing phones and telecom stuff many years ago at a company that no longer exists. You know, I kind of went, well, you know, a lot of people do call. A lot of people, and you know, they're not usually smiling like this woman. I'm telling you, right? People who are calling, they're calling. Almost everyone, not almost everyone, but a lot of people who've called have already tried to find it on the website, right? They know this. So they're already kind of not too happy, usually. And so we said, okay, let's give this a shot, right? We're going to fake it, right? Because we wanted them to learn before they went to recording. Because first they said to us, so we'll do the recording, and then you'll test it, and then you won't change it because you've already recorded it, and that's really expensive. And they're kind of looking at me going, oh, yeah. <laughs> so what would be the point of doing this? I said, no, I'm going to test it really early, really early, like now. And they're going, now? Why, the script hasn't been approved by the 500 people that have to approve it. And I'm going, I don't care, right? We're going to test it now. It doesn't matter about all that low-level crap. I don't care about that. I'm going to figure out whether people can find the right place to be for that low-level crap. So the problem was, though, they gave me the scripts for this, and I'm thinking, we're going to fake it. They're 40 pages long, right? Oh, like, how am I going to fake it? Flipping through the pages while they talk it, that, like, flip, flip, flip. No way, that's not going to work, right? And I'm going, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And I went, bing! I'm going to turn that script into Excel, and I'm going to dump it into TreeJack, right? What? It was just like... And luckily, my husband is a geek. And he wrote a Ruby script that turns my word, big long thing, into Excel spreadsheet and jumped it into TreeJack. And this is golden, right? I was really excited. I think it was late at night and I went, oh my god, this is the answer, right? So we have an actor reading the TreeJack and they're acting like the live phone system, right? So this is what it looked like. We had a facilitator reading the tasks on TreeJack. We had the actor reading the script and clicking in the responses on TreeJack. And the participant couldn't see anything, because you can't see anything over the phone, usually. I guess in the old sense. In this kind of phone, you can't see anything. There's no FaceTime. So they just listen, and they say, press one, or I would press one, or I think I'll press one. Or they say, you know, play again. And we got some great data out of this, right? We did learn stuff. We learned that of the two scripts they provided for us, well, actually, they provided one script. 
It was this program-oriented script where the name of the program, the obscure government program name, was what the participant was supposed to find. And I sort of said, you know, how about we compare that with a script that uses keywords that people use instead of the government program? They're all like, what? What a radical concept. Like, you know, you do that on your website pretty well. How about we use those keywords? We do, right? There's silos. And so we found that the ones that were kind of program-oriented were clearly the tasks that are not succeeding as well, right? The yellow is failures. The red is a person dialed zero, right? When you're designing one of these phone systems, dialing zero is the worst thing, right? Because that's the like, ka-ching, how much money to pay an operator, a lot. So we learned that. We also got data, and we got this from the tree jack, right? Like the data just came right out of the tree jack, fabulous. And we also, though, could see that the people we'd sort of classified as not speaking English as well were the ones that were failing more often, right? So that was another red flag to the team, like, okay, that's a good thing to learn too, right? And then we learned something else. So this is during a test. You can. Listen to them again. I didn't quite get the difference between one and two. Okay. Hi. Okay, so go ahead and play them again then. By accessing this option, you are confirming that you are the applicant or a person authorized by the applicant to access your file. That's the actor. Please have your client ID number ready so we can assist you. For a permanent resident application, press 1. For a permanent resident card application, press 2. I'm pressing 1. He presses it. The tree jack helps if you are, If your application was mailed or received after a certain date, okay, it is not in process. Thank you. Because I realized the second time he was reading it, there's only one word difference, the card. So uh. it could be either way. It could be um, I was not paying full attention or uh, my lack of background knowledge or... Um, yeah. Uh, and, and also, I noticed it, it was subtle, but um, the second time uh, the, he was reading it, he might have emphasized the card, or he, he might have paused just for a fraction of a second before he said word card. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I said, uh-huh. So there's a savvy participant. She's right. He had emphasize the word card on the second time because as a human being and he picks up on conversational cues and he couldn't even help it right and this was a fabulous byproduct of testing this way right by using an actor who's going to respond to the conversational cues we learned some great stuff one of the things was the emphasis the other thing was the changing the speed of his speech when they said, I'll press star to play that menu again, he actually slowed down his speech the second time through. There are intelligent phone systems out there that do this, right? But he's not an intelligent phone system. He's just a human being. He did it himself. We noticed it. We measured, found that he had changed his speed, and have recommended to the client that if someone says, press star, play the menu again, 
play it slower because a lot of their users do not speak English as a first language or French as a first language because you could do this in English or French. So that was lovely learning by using this particular technique. And I have to say too, this is so funny. When I was reading in the script for this, I hit some kind of glitch in TreeJack and it wouldn't read it in. And so I contacted the support team at Optimal and I said, you know, I've got this problem. And they said, well, tell us which one. And he said, well, you know, turns out the stuff you're putting in is too long, right? Because it was some of the stuff that was later in the thing where it was going blah, 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 blah. And he says, and by the way, right, very sweet. He says, you know, TreeJack is meant for, you know, testing menus on the websites. And I'm kind of going, it's okay, dude, right? I know, right? I'm just experimenting here. And I just thought it was really sweet that he was kind of like taking the time to try and teach me something too about that I was not using this in an orthodox way at all. I'm going, that's okay, that's the point, right? But it was very fun. Okay, um, last one. And this is a card sorting problem. What are my top tasks, right? So this is a twist on card sorting that's kind of unconventional. And it was designed by Jerry McGovern. And Jerry has the whole story in his book here. And I'm going to give out a couple of coffees, right? And the methodology is in here too. And he was conducting workshops. He was having people sort 146 cards into logical groups. And he really found these workshops were really time consuming, right? He wasn't seeing trends. And he instead started asking people, could you just pick out the most important cards? So they got doing this. And eventually, he keeps working on it. It takes a long time. But he gets to this online voting method, right? He takes the whole thing online. And he discovers, over the course of hundreds of websites, that when he does this voting, that people are very consistent and that there is always a set of tasks that people do on a particular website that contribute, usually, it's about 5%, and they contribute more than 25% of the value. So when you ask people, what did you come here to do that's the most important to you, it's going to be just five things often, right? So really, really useful for teams to prioritize what they're doing. And I heard someone talking yesterday about, well, Steve Fisher from Surrey, BC, for Surrey, he was saying, well, how did you decide what was important? Well, you know, that's where the bun fighting can start too, right? Try and bun fight this data, right? It's just not possible. So I want you to try this one too. We have time. And here's the link. And this is designed to be done quickly, right? So I'm giving you three minutes. That's what it says you're allowed to have. And some music's going to play. Whoa, way too loud. And if you don't want to do the test, you can just rock on. You can start clapping, if that we are happy. And go.
to what you're seeing because it's all about intranets and the stuff you do at work, right? What's most important at work? Is it working on your mobile devices? It looks like it. I've tried it. Good. The top task on every intranet ever tested by customer care words. Anybody shout it out? Get a book? Anybody know? What was your top task? What? Whoa. The top task on every intranet ever tested by customer care birds. Did anybody say find people? Oh, there's some, okay, I see you. Come up and get a book. And come up and get a book. This book outlines how to do this. There was a person in red back there too. Yeah, come on in, come on up, get a book. Thank you. Oh, I'm out. I'll get you another one. Come up and give me your card afterwards. So, the way this voting works, except for this group, <laughs> but there was a very small sample, is that normally, by about 500 people, you really start to see things consolidate. And you'll start to see that people are voting for their top three, so the top ones are in yellow there. And you can see that by the time they get to 5,000 voters, the same ones that are in yellow are still yellow. The same ones that started out top of the six. There are statistical measures in place to sort of make sure that you've got the right number of people there, but it's pretty consistent and very useful for running that kind of study. And how many of you were kind of surprised by how you did choose? How, with, faced with so many options, you kind of went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And part of the thing with the speed is to make you just go from the kind of gut, right? You just gotta go, well, well, yeah, that one, and that one, and that one, right? And Jerry has worked through this for a very long time and has discovered these very consistent results. And they're really quite stunning and they really help you with that problem of finding your long neck. 
right, of tasks, right? Really help you to prioritize what your team should be working on and what your team should not be working on, right? And if you've got some senior manager saying, task 76 there, you should be spending all your time on that and I want it in the very middle of every single page and you go, task 76, look at where it falls. Right? So really useful twist, and the twist there is using a survey to get at something that had started out as card sorting, right? So really interesting. Okay, so those were all my twists that are IA-oriented anyway. And if you have questions about research, feel free, and Andrew Mayfield from Optimal Workshop is over there. If you have questions about Trajack, put up your hand, just in case he's a little shy, doesn't get noticed. And if so, if you have questions about that, and I'm happy to help with other research questions that you had, and I hope you learned something and had a good time. And I, do I have time for questions? Probably one or two. I have five minutes for questions. Anybody have a question? You gotta get a mic to come to you if you have a question. Research question, problem, there. Great talk, I think it was like really, I think I've never heard about Rejack before, so. I'm definitely going to try it. I'm curious, like, how do you make sure you're not biasing the data? Because how do you find the participants for something that's like such a statistically number? Oh, sorry, I should have mentioned that. We put the invitation online on the website. So it pops up, it's not a real pop-up, but it pops up and it says, do you want to participate in a five minute? Maximum five, right? Find it activity. We call it a find it activity because we found that a lot of people are confused if they think it's going to be a survey. So we find, say find it activity or find it exercise. And then if they say yes, then it'll wait until they're done their task, right? Because we're very task oriented. Waits till they're done their task and then it shoots them off to the tree jack. Now, um, this is actually a bit of a problem for us, the online invitation, because that's not built into Optimal Workshop. So what we do, remember what I said about mooshing tools together? Mm -hmm. We use the invitation, the pop-up invitation from Fluid Surveys, redirects to the tree jack. And then the tree jack redirects to a different Fluid Survey. And then if they say yes, then it'll wait until they're done their task, right? Because we're very task-oriented. Waits till they're done their task, and then it shoots them off to the tree jack. Now, um, this is actually a bit of a problem for us, the online invitation, because that's not built into Optimal Workshop. So what we do, remember what I said about mooshing tools together? Mm -hmm. We use the invitation, the pop-up invitation from Fluid Surveys, redirects to the tree jack. And then the tree jack redirects to a different Fluid Survey. But really popping up the invitation on the site is what gets all those great participants to participate. And that's what I said earlier about doing this on government sites and not-for-profits or you know, any kind of site like that where people are motivated to help make it better, right. <laughs> particularly government sites because they go, God, it's so bad. <laughs> I'll do anything to make it better they're very motivated to participate. So you get quite a high rate, and you can get that invitation on and off in a day, you know, hopefully, and still get lots of participants. And there's lots of great articles and stuff on the TreeJack blog to sort of help you know how many participants. It's, you know, there's a lot behind this, but some data is always better than no data, right? So 
You're welcome. Any other questions?